It's a very simple process to be able to invest internationally. And we have a whole program already set up where we work with Midland out of Chicago. We've tried Equity Trust and we've tried SunTrust before it became Truist, their whole division. But we have a whole division that is dedicated to our IRA clientele, international investing. And so they know it like the back of their hand. And so we would refer you on, but basically you have to have a self-directed IRA. So if it's in a traditional IRA, they will help you from A to Z to be able to transfer that into a self-directed IRA. And once you have it in a self-directed IRA, you will need an LLC. And then the funds go to the LLC and the LLC is actually the beneficiary and the investor for the particular investment you have. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sword. We are welcoming back again today, Evie Brooks. She is going to dive in today to using your IRA to invest internationally. I wonder if you knew that you could do that. Evie, welcome back. I'm excited to dive back in on the international investing front because today I believe we're going to talk about a topic that most people may have an opportunity to invest in this way, but they don't know that they can, right? You know, with their IRA. And I, I want to dive into that because I wouldn't have thought of that. And, you know, I bet many of our listeners haven't as well, but let's jump in. IRA, really, you know, international investing, you know, speak about that a little bit. How can we invest internationally using our IRA? Well, it's a topic that most people never even realize or think about the opportunity to be able to invest internationally using the IRA. Of course, all of the same guidelines are going to, you know, stay in, pl- in place as anytime you're using your IRA, you cannot use it as personal use. You must comply with all of the guidelines, but it's a very simple process to be able to invest internationally. And we have a whole program already set up where we work with Midland out of Chicago. We've tried Equity Trust and we've tried SunTrust before it became Truist, their whole division. But we have a whole division that is dedicated to our IRA clientele, international investing. And so they know it like the back of their hand. And so we would refer you on, but basically you have to have a self-directed IRA. So if it's in a traditional IRA, they will help you from A to Z to be able to transfer that into a self-directed IRA. And once you have it in a self-directed IRA, you will need an LLC. And then the funds go to the LLC and the LLC is actually the beneficiary and the investor for the particular investment you have. Yeah. Is this, uh, I know some people think about like this QRP versus this, you know, self-directed IRA, kind of the same thing to some degree, but I don't know, any thoughts on like using a qualified retirement plan that's self-directed? Any, any differences there? I'm, I'm not an expert in IRAs. It depends on the administrator for the program as to if they will allow it or if they will not allow. I have had some that have used them and then I've had others that said they weren't allowed to. So it just depends, I guess, on the administrator and what the guidelines are. You know, there's all kinds of restrictions and requirements regarding your IRAs. Are you still employed with the company? How long have you not been employed with the company? I mean, so so you got to really know what the guidelines are, but most people is almost overwhelming for them. So we just turn it over to Midland and say, yeah. okay, this is where we are. This is what we have. Tell us what we can do. And so they'll go and do all the research and find out what you're capable of being able to do. And it takes all the stress off of the individual of having to figure it all out. Are there different types of international investments that are available using your IRA or do they differ oh, yeah. from domestic or international? 
Yeah, you can do all kinds of international investments. You can do single family residence. You can do, you know, multifamily. You can do condominiums. You can do, it doesn't matter, oceanfront mountain. It doesn't matter. You can do agricultural. You can do all kinds of different types of investments using that IRA. The only thing is you just got to remember you cannot use it personally. Once you convert it to personal use, then you've got to pay the taxes that you're obligated and penalties if you're using it before your age limits. But most people utilize it for a long-term investment, and then they take it when they're ready to retire out of their retirement account. Yeah. And we hit on this a little bit in the last episode as far as the tax implications, but any thoughts around advice you can provide around tax implications using our IRA to invest internationally? Again, I can't give a lot of tax advice. I'm sorry. I have to be really cautious about that. But it's going to be on a case-by-case basis based on the individual that your tax penalties or your tax bracket that you fall into is going to based on what your income is. So I would suggest that you definitely understand what the tax brackets are that you are currently in as a full-time employee, what you're going to be in once you retire, and sit down and do serious calculations about where will you have the least amount of tax liability and obligations during that process. Most people that use their IRAs for investing in real estate, whether it's domestically or internationally, are looking at that for the purpose of either rolling it and continuing to do that or for a property that they're going to utilize once they do retire. So there's so many aspects and components to that. It's something that really takes a tax advisor to sit down with you and, and evaluate what is going to be in your best interest. Are there a few steps you could provide just for us to know to to be able to use our IRA for international investing? It's very simple. Like I said, we have it structured so that you it just takes the you factor out of it and you have somebody else that can do everything for you from A to Z. And the costs are literally nominal. It's less than $1,000 for somebody to do all of this work for you. And to be able to get it transferred, get it into a self-directed IRA, to be able to transfer it over to your LLC. You do have to have the LLC set up. Of course, Garrett can do that, Garrett Sutton, or uh, I can. You, you can do it yourself. Many people have set up their own LLCs. Um, and that's a whole training in and of itself. Where do you want to set up your LLCs and why? I do not have LLCs in, you know, in, in Georgia. They're all in Wyoming. And there's a reason behind that. And that's a whole different training for a different day. But those are the types of things that you want to look at. And once you've known that, it's very simple. Just get the transfer of the traditional or the Roth or whatever it is to a self-directed. Once it's in the self-directed, then you have them transferred into your LLC. You have to set up your own LLC. They cannot do that for you. Once you've done that, then you can distribute the funds to whatever investment that you want. Now, of course, you do have to have your annual valuations of that investment that report back for your tax returns every single year. And so I work with developers that know that. They have to provide that. And see, this is not something that you see in Panama. So they're not, they're not familiar with these types of guidelines and regulations. So when I bring a deal to them and they know that they're going to have investors using their IRAs, They also know what the requirements are for the year-end valuation letters and what the reporting requirements are, and they are prepared to do all of that. Okay, something I meant to ask you during the last episode, and I forgot I wanted to hit it though now at least, are investors typically financing these properties? Are they usually paying cash or using their IRA? What's the the debt piece look like on, on something internationally like this? That is a great question. I have everything from A to Z. 
We have projects right now that, let's say one that I just launched last week, I only had 10 and I sold three of them yesterday. I just got it. And they're $56,000. It's called a government social housing program where this particular project is paying 12.5% annually. And you know you're going to be in it for 36 months. And so you're getting 12.5% for 36 months each year. So $7,000 a year on $56,000, basically. So you're going to make $21,000 on that $56,000 over the next three years. That's a safe investment because it's a government-subsidized, guaranteed program. All right, so that's cash. But then I go to another program, let's say the Wonders U, which was a project that we've had that has increased. The average increased value is eighty dollars to $100,000 over the last three years. And we got in at pre-construction. And the first tower has been delivered. The second tower is about a year and a half away from being delivered. And that project was a project that you could put 10% down at contract, 10% in 12 months, and 10% in 24 months at 5.5% interest. But the interest doesn't start until you take delivery of the property and the developer is going to carry the financing for you. So you don't even have to qualify. So there's no credit requirement qualifications. So we do have everything from short term, which I consider two to three years, to midterm, three to five years, long term is five to 10 years, and then legacy investments, which is more than 10 years. And so again, when I sit down with somebody and say, okay, we're going to look at your business plan. First of all, we need to see what percentage of the pie is in real estate and what percentage of that's going to be in international. And over the next five years, what do we want to accomplish and what kind of return on investment do we want to see? Now I'm going to back into, if you will, what we need to do to make that happen over the next five years for you. Is it going to be a short-term project where you know you're going to get 12.5% per year for the next three years? Or is it going to be a legacy investment that you're going to get into? Know that you're going to hold it for 10 or more years and that you're going to have an X percent return on investment, you know, projected. Now, real estate's like everything else. It's like the stock market. If anybody tells you you will make 100% profit 100% of the time, you should run because the stock market is no different than real estate. Things happen, for example, COVID. We had no idea COVID was going to happen. And I had properties that sat vacant. I mean, 100% vacant. And then I had properties that stayed at over 90% occupied during COVID. Why? What's the difference? Well, we have to look at those and evaluate what do we want to be in. But of course, going into these projects, nobody ever thought there's going to be a worldwide shutdown. (laughs) You know, so now we think differently. I will tell you, I've changed my own strategies a lot because of what happened with the pandemic. Because is it a reality of that being able to happen again? Realistic? Sure is. Yeah, made me think of something else. I wondered how does the, and obviously the pandemic's one example of this, but how does the U.S. market affect the Panama market? Well, honestly, of course, the Fed increase in the interest rates affects Panama exactly the same way. Their, their, their cost of money is no different. But like I told you, inflation in Panama is nominal compared to what it is here in the United States. What you pay for grocery items, even at the high-end locations like Reba Smith, and Ray, the organic store. Reba Smith is like a Whole Foods, if you will, in the United States, are substantially less than what we see for the same prices here in our local Publix in Atlanta, Georgia, for most of your staple items. Now, if they have to import the items like Tropicana orange juice from Florida, (laughs) it's going to be expensive, but it's no more expensive in Panama than it is in the United States. It's actually a little bit less expensive. 
So it just depends on the actual products and what the requirements are to be able to get them in the country. But the stuff that's grown locally, that they, you know, whether it's chickens or avocados, substantially less than what you're going to pay here in the United States. I guess shifting gears just a little bit, but but you can relate this to Panama as well. You know, do you have any predictions on just the real estate market over the next 12, 18 months? I ask most people, you know, especially been in the business a long time like yourself, but but because it, it affects what we're doing, right? It affects, you know, if we're investing, buying, selling, the decisions we're making, you know, by what we think about what's going to happen, right? So I just wondered anything you can share. Well, I'm sitting on the sidelines in the United States because I think prices are extremely overpriced. And I've been trying to get into a property in the Panhandle of Florida for the last couple of years, and I'm just not going to do it because the prices are just outrageous. So I'm waiting because I do believe those are going to pull back some, not a lot. I do think that there's going to be some pullback, but I don't think it's going to be anything like what we experienced in 2008 at all. Panama, on the flip side, is increasing. The value of the properties are increasing because they're so much less expensive and so many people are flocking to Panama now because of the cost of real estate. But it's a lot more than it was in 2012. I will tell you that. Substantial growth in Panama. But comparatively speaking, like I mentioned to your major cities, Los Angeles, you know, Portland, Oregon, Manhattan, Miami, whatever, you're still substantially less. Um, And I'll give you an example. The Wander's View is an absolute magnificent. It is the most gorgeous high-rise property I have personally ever been in. We're talking about Italian floors. The bathrooms, including the maids' quarters, are Italian marble from floor to ceiling. They use Hans Gruber faucets and fixtures from Germany, which are very, very high-end. It's just fabulous. Everything about this building is fabulous. And I got into a beautiful two-bedroom apartment for $344,000 when it first started. I could easily sell that thing for $500,000 right now. Two-bedroom, two-and-a-half bath with maid's quarters, which I will use for an office, um, the maid's quarters area, which has a beautiful view out the front window overlooking the ocean and the, the city. And so it's just, I mean, if you went to Miami or New York to buy that same exact property, in New York, you'd pay about three and a half million dollars for that. Yeah, at least <laughs> conservatively. I like to under promise and over deliver. <laughs> That's awesome. That is awesome. What would you say is the say the biggest challenge you're facing in your business right now? Well, I don't consider it a challenge. It's just we constantly have an evolving market, and the market that has evolved now since COVID is the uh, the digital nomads. Of course, they're more interested in just finding a place to put their toes in the sand and and work, you know, from their lounge chair outside. And so they're more in the rental market than the real estate investment market, which is fine. They know people that know people that know people. But that that has definitely shifted our business. We have a lot of inquiries about that. So, of course, that kind of plays well with our investors because our investors have properties to rent. So they can rent them to the digital nomads. Now you're looking at a more of a long-term rental than you are a short-term rental. And of course, short-term rentals will pull in more revenue if you keep the occupancy high. So there's pros and cons on both sides. Do you want to do a long-term rental where you know you've got the guaranteed revenue coming in and you're not having the wear and tear of people in and out and in and out of your property? But on the flip side, if you're doing the short-term vacation rentals, you're going to have a higher revenue than if you had a long-term rental. But the question is, will you keep it occupied? It's a balancing act. and You just have to look at the market, the demand, and what you're wanting to accomplish. 
What are some of the most important metrics that you track? Evie, it could be personally or professionally, but maybe one or two things that are important to you to track. Well, I like to watch what's happening with the growth, the population growth. That's particularly in, in Panama, just to see what the trends are. And then, of course, the trends in the United States. And I, I think you and I had mentioned offline earlier that one of the trends that we watch very, very closely is every four years, about a year before the presidential election, we start seeing the tide change. And that goes on for about a year and a half because it doesn't matter whether it's the left or the right. Everybody always makes the comment, if so-and-so gets elected, I'm leaving this country and I'm never coming back. (laughs) And believe it or not, there are people that truly do mean that. And so the political unrest that we're seeing, not just in the United States, but all over the world, people are looking for a safe haven. And so I'm constantly watching those trends and what's happening. And like I said, the majority of my business does come from North America, but I'm like always watching like Israel, for example or South Africa, or Austria, to see what's happening in those political climates, because there's always opportunity to tap into some of those markets when things are, you know, a little adrift, if you will. Yeah, yeah. What are some habits that you are disciplined about that have produced the highest return for you? My work ethic. A lot of people do not have the ability to work for themselves. And if you want to work for yourself, my recommendation is that you put yourself on a time clock. I don't care if you have to actually go buy a time clock and punch the time clock. I don't have that problem. I'm a workaholic. I have been my whole life. I will work at 1.30, 2.30 in the morning. If I wake up and I can't go back to sleep in five minutes, I'm up and I'm working. And so my work habits and my work ethic has been truly one of the factors that has had a huge impact on my success, but but my work is my play. And that's what makes the difference. It is a passion. I live, drink, eat, sleep, and bleed what I do because I love doing it so much. I love working with people and helping people to learn what I know. I wish I could just do a brain dump for people and just give them the knowledge that I've gotten without having to go through the heartaches that I've gone through. Evie, how do you like to give back? I've always loved St. Jude's and Tunnels to Towers. Those are two of the areas that I love to, you know, participate in and try to support. And then just working in the community, especially with children. I love doing the different things like Clark's Christmas here in Atlanta. Clark Howard does a Christmas thing. Of course, with the church, we always try to do, we do shoeboxes for children overseas and we'll fill those things just as full as we can. So children is primarily um, where I really, really like to focus. And then of course, our, our military, our veterans. Awesome. Evie, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show again. And to be able to do a series, I want to make sure the listeners, in case you just caught today, hey, we did two more shows before this about international investing and different aspects about it that she had just elaborated on in detail. And so thank you again so much, Evie, for just giving back to us for numerous days and your time at elaborating on international investing, something we've not talked about. I feel like enough. It's something I'd love to learn more about personally. And so again, tell the listeners, though, how they can get in touch with you and learn more about you. If you will go to Evie Brooks, Panama, and fill out your information, I will actually call you. You'll get a personal phone call from me. And we'll talk about your goals and what you want to accomplish. And then also you can go to my website, mypanamavacationrealty.com. And you can find out a lot. You'll see a lot of pictures and testimonials and videos and just a lot of information about Panama in general. 
Thank you for being with us again today. I hope that you have learned a lot from the show. Don't forget to like and subscribe. I hope you're telling your friends about the Real Estate Syndication Show and how they can also build wealth in real estate. You can also go to lifebridgecapital.com and start investing today. 